Welcome to Daily Daf Differently, a Jcast Network podcast. This daily podcast invites you to join us to study the Daily Talmud page with a variety of liberal rabbis and teachers. For more information about Daily Daf Differently, please visit jcastnetwork.org slash ddd. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Welcome to Daily Daf Differently. I'm Rabbi Isabel de Koning, and today we are studying the 23rd Daf of Masechet Psachim. Our Daf continues where the last one left off, working to pull together and clarify how we come to a prohibition on benefiting from chametz during Pesach. Specifically, we are continuing to clarify the shitot of Chizkiah and Rabbi Abahu, who differ as to whether the prohibition against benefit from chametz on Pesach can be deduced, as Chizkiah holds, from the prohibition on eating chametz presented in Shemot 13.3, which prohibits eating chametz in the passive voice, lo ye'achel chametz, chametz should not be eaten, uh, or whether prohibitions of benefit uh, in addition to prohibitions on eating, can only be deduced from biblical verses which prohibit eating in the active voice, uh, which is what uh, Rabbi Abahu holds, that it has to be in the active voice unless there's a specific exception made. And for the last few dapim, the Gemara has presented uh, a number of other food items that were not permitted, pro- permitted to eat, and asked how each shita reconciles the relative laws concerning benefit from these items. On Ardaf, we cover an interesting set of items brought spe- to specifically test Hizkiah's shita. This shita is the one that seems to be followed by most of the other rabbis we've encountered thus far. Uh, and interestingly, it's even the shita that uh, the Rambam uh, ultimately follows in Hilchot Chametz Umatzah, even though concerning many other items, uh, the Rambam tends to follow Rabbi Abahu. So clearly these, there's some rabbinic investment in Hizkiah's shita here, um, and we're interested in kind of pushing it to its limits. So on 23a, we see the arguments uh, for truma, chadash, ratzim, and great products, uh, at least great products insofar as they concern a Nazarite. Um, and the prohibition to eat each of these items is written in the passive voice. So we would expect in Hizkiah's system that you wouldn't be able to benefit from them. Yet we know that we are permitted to benefit from them. And so the question is, what does Hizkiah do here? How does, he, how does he deal with this? And for each of these different food items, uh, Torah presents an additional verse where we have an indication that that food specifically belongs to a person or a group of people. Uh, and for Hizkiah in his system, that's how he demonstrates that those things are an exception to his normal rules concerning prohibitions against benefit. So this is where we have an interesting Brita brought. And we've gone through Truma and Chadash and Shratzim and all of these other things, and then we come to Chametz. Uh, and the Gemara brings this challenge to Rabbi Hezgeh saying, So what about chametz? We have this you know, verse that we've been talking about a lot, chametz should not be eaten. Vitanya, um, but we also have this brighta, Rabbi Yossi Haglili Omer, so Rabbi, you know, in this brighter, Rabbi Yossi Haglili says, 
you know, wonder to yourself about chametz. Um, how is it possible that it could be that it could be uh, forbidden concerning Hana'ah for, for seven days. The Breitah continues, Shani hatam, da'amar kra, v'lo yira'el l'cha se'or, shalcha yehe. This situation is uh, different, meaning this situation is an exception uh, to the rule that anything written in the passive uh, would have to also be prohibited for, from benefit. Uh, because the verse from Exodus says, no leaven shall be seen to you in all of your territory. And that lecha means that it belongs to you. And at least according to Hiskia's system, that would seem to indicate uh, that chametz is an exception to the general rule, that if something is prohibited from being eaten in the passive voice, it is also prohibited from benefit. Now, of course, we know that Hizkiah does, in fact, think that chametz is prohibited from benefit on Pesach. And what we have here is this really interesting situation where Rebbe Yossi Haglili has basically said, you know, this is your shita, and I am demonstrating that it proves my point, uh, which he alone holds, that we should be able to benefit uh, from chametz uh, on Pesach. Now, like any uh, good conversation in the Gemara, it, it, as it turns out, um, the lacha that's being used in that uh, by Rabbi Yossi Haglili to prove his point is used by the Rabbanon um, and by extension, uh, folks who follow Chizkiah's uh, shita to prove something else. Uh, and thus, while Rabbi Yossi Haglili may get to hold on to his shita and get to be the fervent uh, single person who holds that we should be able to benefit from chametz on Pesach, uh, Hizkiah's system, which we've at this point invested so much time in, uh, and clearly so many people are supporting, also, also remains standing. What's interesting about the way that this happens, the way that we preserve uh, both Rabbi Yossi Haglili's ruling and reading of uh, this verse in Shemot, uh, and uh, the Rabbanon, and by extension, uh, Hizkiah's Shita's reading of this verse, uh, is that we end up learning some interesting things about uh, exactly how the prohibition on Hana'ah works, uh, at least insofar as Chametz on Pesach is concerned. So after the presentation of this Brita from Rabbi Yossi Haglili, not surprisingly, the Gemara asks Verabanan and the rabbis, what do they do with this verse that seemingly could bring down this shita that they've invested so much time uh, in uh, making sure that it works properly? Uh, and the answer, Shalcha i'ataro'eh, aval ataro'eh shal acherim v'shel gvoha. You can't see your chametz, you can't have any chametz, but you can be in the presence of chametz uh, owned by other people um, and of the, the one most high, God's chametz, if, if, uh, if you will. So this teaches us something interesting about what our relationship uh, to chametz uh, might look like, at least in Hizkiah's system, which again seems to be the system that we follow most closely today. Um, and it means that uh, the the prohibition on Hana'ah, and particularly this uh, 
prohibition against seeing chametz uh, isn't that you can't see any at all. You just can't see what belongs to you. So if you have a kid who goes to public school, um, they don't need to be separated from their peers who aren't observing Pesach and who might have a, you know, a peanut butter and jelly sandwich on a piece of wheat bread. Rather, the rabbis assume that we live lives where we're regularly interacting with people who would be able to have chametz on Pesach because they're not Jews. Uh, so, for example, if you own property and rent some of that property to non-Jewish tenants, they can have chametz on your property. You're not benefiting from that chametz um, just because you might be able to see it, um, at least insofar as the rabbis are concerned. Um, and in fact, Rabbi Yossi Haglili himself doesn't disagree about this. He doesn't think that you know you can't see any chametz. Um, he just proves that uh, we learn from a different from a different place. So, in all, on this daf, we end up in a really interesting situation. We've preserved Hezekiah's system uh, for proving that we're not allowed to benefit from chametz on Pesach. But we've also raised this really interesting minority opinion from Rabbi Yossi Haglili. And Rabbi Yossi Haglili is, in fact, someone who shows up not infrequently in the Gemara uh, with minority opinions um, that really suggest to us that there's a lot more room uh, within our textual tradition for variety in practice. Uh, he's, he also shows up in Hulin to tell us that we shouldn't be concerned about eating poultry with uh, dairy, with milk, because uh, the verse prohibits eating a kid in its mother's milk, and the parents of chickens and other poultry don't produce milk. Um, so, you know, I think what we see here is on the one hand, uh, how the rabbis put together um, and really fortify the shitot for practice uh, when it comes to our halachic practice. Uh, and on the other hand, we get a window into the possibility for diversity um, and, and the diversity that must have existed during the rabbinic time, no less well supported by text, um, but perhaps just practiced by a smaller number of people. So next Pesach, as you're cleaning fervently and wondering how it is that we got to so many injunctions around our relationship to chametz, and if you start to question whether there's a different way to relate to chametz on Pesach that honors the injunctions uh, around chametz for the holiday and honors the holiday itself uh, without going into the level of detail, uh, and some might even say obsession, that most of us take on during the holiday, know that you'd at least be in the company of Rabbi Yossi Haglili if you decided to do things a bit differently. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Daily Daf Differently, and that you'll join us again tomorrow for a new page. The music at the open and close of this episode is Ufros from the Epic Horus album One Bead, available on Bandcamp, iTunes, and Spotify.